All right, welcome to a, another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. I am your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, pretty much as always, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, and all-around superhuman, Jen Waypour. Hey, Jen. Hi, Adam. Seems welcome like back. it's been a minute since I've seen you. It, it has. Yeah. Um, this, this should be fun. This is actually a great way to get back into the swing of doing these as our regularly scheduled program we were able to do an episode last week while i was out of town but this is a true return to normal and in fact we have a uh, as a as true a return to normal guest as we possibly could for all of you uh we must really like this guest because as <laughs> we were discussing before we went on the air uh he he holds the record He's, he's yeah. been a guest on How I Met Your Mortgage more than any other individual on the planet after seven years or you're booking into eight years. I don't know how far ahead you are, but it's a lot. So, yeah. So please welcome back to the show, our favorite librarian turned real estate agent turned homemaker turned into whatever cool shit Grant's going to tell us about today. Grant Anama. Hey, Grant. Hey, Adam. Thanks so much. Hey, Jen. How you doing? Good. We're glad to have you. Oh, yeah. Uh, no question about that. So, Grant, I had heard a little chatter before we went live between you and Jen that you've got some cool shit going on these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a lot of great stuff. I'm really excited to to come on with you guys this year and share it with you. A lot has happened since last year and, you know, obviously coming out of COVID and lots of changes. Um, well, uh, I guess that I was thinking about the best way I could summarize, um, you know, uh, what's been happening lately is... Um, I think in a very small phrase, and that is that I feel like I got comfortable. And um, the way I um, am kind of describing it to myself and also at the same time, you guys, um, I, you know, up until very recently, I, I would say within the last maybe a couple of years or even a few years, um, I've just been kind of running around like crazy, just like really at full speed, doing real estate, always worried about the next contract, always trying to get into the next contract and just, um, you know, um, I think uh, not being comfortable with my career, honestly. Um, but now I've started to kind of really tone down and, you know, try and get a comfortable space going on. I don't work so much on the weekends anymore. Um, I've actually got a, a nice big team that is very competent and very supportive and I can rely on them. And so that's um, a big component of, I think, me being allowed to, to get comfortable. And so now I'm able to kind of think a little bit more clearly and strategize and um, really actually intentionally build. Um, and so in the last year, I've, um, I've felt really, um, it's been a lot of fun, you know, trying to figure out how to build this team and uh, this company. And um, I think I got to tell you, I think I've been enjoying it a lot more um, and maybe the best time my whole real estate career. That's fantastic. And there's some real Paul Harvey shit in there. And for those of you, and I hope there aren't many, but for those of you that have never heard Paul Harvey's God Made a Realtor, please look that shit up on YouTube, Google it, go listen to that. Because one of the things that really strikes a chord here uh, that he says in that monologue is that you wake up every day unemployed. Yeah. And you, as a real estate agent, particularly one that hasn't gone through these levels that we work on with our coaching clients, that's probably true. And until you get to a point where you understand your own business scalability, you're going to. 
you're going to wake up every day unemployed. There's just no way around it. And it's part of the, God, I hate to use the word attraction. It is attractive to me, but I've lived in a pay for performance environment for 25 years as a loan originator. So I get it. And this is certainly true of loan originators as well. So there is kind of a, uh, an aura that uh, uh, some of us really thrive on it of where, yeah, I've got to wake up and I've got to kick some ass today and I've got to work hard and uh, be constant and be consistent. And in our program, and Grant knows this, he's been on the show a ton of times, he's spent a lot of time talking with us even off air, that we've got, I guess I would describe how we have three tiers of where we want to see our clients and everybody else reach success, certain levels of success. And the first one, of course, is building a strict repeat and referral business, not having to buy leads or knock on doors or uh, do open houses. And these are all great lead gen activities. I'm not bashing any of you that are doing them. And I highly recommend doing them because those are one of the things you have to do in order to get to that first plateau, that first level where you have a strict repeat and referral business. Then the next one, of course, is where you're really only doing things that you love to do. If you don't love to work on weekends, you better not be working on weekends. And obviously, Grant is working on that pinnacle as we speak. And hopefully, you'll tell us more about that here in a minute. And then obviously, the long-term goal, and I think a lot of real estate agents, loan originators kind of miss the boat on this. Uh, even insurance agents, and there's definitely a door opening there, financial planners as well, um, is to get to a point where you can walk away from your business while it still pays you. And obviously, we can all do the historic retirement kinds of things. You can have an IRA. You can have a 401k. Because of where we all run, you should also be doing some real estate stuff, investment property. I've got long-term rentals and short-term rentals and those kinds of things. Um, side gig, right? <laughs> as the industry tends to put it, or as all the working class tends to put it. And I think a lot of us really miss the boat on how to scale our business where not even where we can kind of back away from it while it still operates and we still generate personal income revenue, but even better where if we try to reinsert ourselves in it, we're going to screw it up because we built it so well that we built it with people who are going to take it to new levels without us. Um, So that kind of thing. So yeah, back to the lecture at hand with you, Grant. Uh, We've got a grip on where you are in this, you know, mountain climb, as it were. Tell us what has gone on recently with building your team and being able to gain that kind of support, gain that kind of Oh, environment where you can hand things off, where you're not working weekends. Tell us what it looks like for you. Yeah, um, a lot of things to unpack there. Um, I think um, one of the biggest things is uh, I found uh, um, a couple agents that are completely reliable, 100%. Um, uh, To give you a very good example, uh, uh, yesterday, actually, a a $2 million lead came in from Zillow and I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, maybe I should take advantage of this business because it's a pretty high dollar lead. And um, before I could even make a decision about it, my um, other agent um, who's inside of Zillow with me, he went ahead and took it. And uh, it was only ringing for like maybe uh, five rings. And uh, he had already jumped on top of it, already taken care of it. Uh, called me right after um, the phone call was over, let me know what happened. And 
you know, it, it's exactly like you say, um, everything is just um, autopilot ready to go. And even if I were to jump into it, I'm not quite sure I could make it any better with um, with these agents. I mean, they know exactly what to do. That really to, summarize, to, to make it relatable, I think uh, the agents that I found are much, very much like uh, like Jen. You know, I found my Jen. And mm -hmm. uh, I know that she's been with you guys since, um, you know, as long as I've known you guys and always, uh, you know, a right-hand uh, lieutenant type of support. And, you know, that's really helped me to uh, to to grow here in this case, too, as well. I mean, just to have someone that's always there, always supportive, always knowing, you know, where to fill in. Um, and, uh, you know, knowing that when I'm not around, that nothing will fall apart and they'll represent the company the way that uh, I want to be you know, representing myself as well. Uh, so that was a huge component. Um, another one uh, was something related to my personal life. I, I've got a kid now. Right. Um, he's two and a half years old. I think I, I must have mentioned that last time. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Because we yeah. talked about how much time you had taken away uh, to basically do stay-at-home parent type stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I, I forcibly had to make a decision to, you know, kind of step back a little bit. And uh, it was just perfect timing that I found these agents. Um, I, I don't know if it was, you know, like a like a meant to be type of thing, or if it was something that maybe um, I intentionally created. You know, I maybe created this scenario by stepping back, and you know. Um, but in any case, I'm really happy that it happened, and uh, everything's kind of falling into place. Um, these agents, they're kind of agents I've been looking for my whole career, and it just so happened that it happened now. It's really amazing. All right. Well. Tell us about what that structure looks like. How many agents are we talking about? So there's six currently. Uh, we work in four counties. And I would love to cover the whole entire Bay Area, which is a very um, aggressive uh, um, goal. Uh, but I don't think it's impossible at all. In fact, actually, um, you know, some of my partners before, which I had built teams with previously, they are actually doing that. And so I'd love to be able to compete in that space as well. And I think once that happens, you know, I'd love to be able to, <clears throat> like we're talking about, kind of sit back and, and just keep on building. Um, this is going to be probably, I, I would say, you know, I'm kind of looking into my mind and I'm thinking that this is going to be one of the first times also as well in my career that I'm lead generating for other people. You know, I'm building business for other people instead of myself. And that is a huge thing too as well. You know, I get to stay in the office more, um, much more strategically building partnerships with, um, you know, different companies or different lead gen sources, things like that. And, um, you know, that's been a whole lot of fun to just kind of work on that aspect of real estate too. Okay. And Jen and I talk a lot about the fact that building that team to where all of you should eventually want to reach that pinnacle is going to include building both sales and ops. Yeah. And with where you're at now, six agents, not including yourself? Uh, including myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, so six of you have got to have some support. You have the TC, you've got an assistant. Tell us what the operations support looks like. So Compass provides a TC for us. Um, I've got a, a couple partnerships with um, designers uh, on the graphics end and photographers, videographers. Um, some marketing have... support. Some Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I've got a recruiting program set in place. <clears throat> this time in the economy, there's tons of people that are trying to get into real estate. Uh, a lot of people don't have a license. So a lot of times I'm kind of fishing out, um, you know, the best uh, 
the applicant that doesn't have a license and putting them in an admin assist position and then trying to matriculate them into actually uh you know licensing the, the whole licensing education and license process you know and i've rinsed and repeat that a couple times now um so that's kind of fulfilling the admin assist role um and uh i think next up on deck is probably a listing partner or um listing coordinator of some sort um okay. after that you know i'd love to be able to bring in some type of operations manager i think that's really on the roadmap as well probably in the near future maybe in a year from now probably next year when i talk to you, i'm hoping that i'd love to have something that in place i really like this idea of finding people that are relatively green aren't even yet licensed and having them kind of admin their way around the real estate business before uh well and maybe during the course of their education process and their examination process so on and so forth what kinds of things are they doing what what sort of tasks what's their workload in order to get a grip on um here's a big reason why jtt even exists um there's an inherent failure in what we learn in real estate school versus what really goes on on the street yeah and i get it i get it and for all of those of you that are involved or own uh real estate schools i'm not bashing that in any way shape or form i understand your business model i also understand that if agents really understood what the job was well <laughs> right nart tells us that 80 percent fail in the first two years 85 percent in the first five if people going into real estate school knew what the job really was and you guys lost 80% of your revenue, you wouldn't have businesses, we wouldn't have real estate schools and the whole mechanism falls apart. But there's obviously a gap in that and it sounds like you're filling it for these people with these people anyway so that they can get some real experience and understanding that it is a sales job, it is a lead gen job, it is... Uh, having to, I hate to say this, but it is having to be a bit of a psychiatrist job, uh, these kinds of things. So, yeah, when somebody comes on with Grant, with Good Real Estate, what does that look like for them as they're going along this path to become a full-blown agent with you? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of discovery. I think also on both parts, to tell you the truth, I think there's an inherent failure in recruiting. Um, you know, just because of the, I don't know what you call it, the human, the human condition, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely we, it is. We think we're meeting one person, but actually we're meeting someone completely different. You know, after you get out of the interview, you actually have to put them to work and see if they can actually do what it is is required of them. All those things that you mentioned about follow-up, uh, lead generation, you know, these are things that uh, I think um, only unique individuals can really comprehend and, uh, and master, and uh, especially from the very beginning when they're just trying to experiment and learn a new career, um, this becomes a very, very large task. And like you say, most people don't make it. Um, so, and, you know, in the admin assist position, um, a lot of it is really just kind of jumping into our trainings that we do uh, via Zoom. Uh, keep in mind, a lot of these people, I don't really get to meet in person until a very long time from the future where, you know, um, we're actually doing a lot of, you know, business together. <clears throat> Um, so, you know, a lot of it's observing and seeing how they engage, seeing how they communicate, um, you know, seeing how well they adapt to technology. So I'll give them a lot of, um, you know, kind of menial technology tasks, uh, build out the spreadsheet, um, you know, import this data, 
Um, and, you know, also follow up with these leads, um, see what kind of business you can generate. Um, so it is a lot of low level tasks, but a lot of, you know, kind of varying tasks as well. The biggest ones that I'm really, really focused on is communication and technology, because um, I think those two are the most important things that you could um, you know, be able to master in real estate. All the other I, things. I are, think that's true. Yeah. All the other things are. Well, I mean, these are teachable as well, but I, I feel like all the other you know, aspects are, are teachable as long as you have these foundational elements. Um, if someone is always behind on technology and I'm always having to teach them how to use a Google calendar or you know, something that I find very simple, but they might find very complex, then it, it, it can it can really slow things down. Um, I want someone that's really intuitive technology-wise and also really intuitive communication-wise, you know, knows how to listen as well as knows how to speak and when to speak, things like that. All right, so I'm going to back up a little bit because when Jen and I, my entire team, are looking to fill that role, we actually set up what I would refer to as some digital gatekeepers, yeah. Um, you, you've got to be able to show me that you've got some technological savvy just to get in front of me I and mean, just for me to even look at your resume. That's yeah. the other piece of this. And Jen's going to pipe in here. I guarantee it. <laughs> I don't really give a shit about your resume. because <laughs> You're right. Most of it is teachable. If you have the technological skills to have gotten in front of me and your resume can prove to me that you know how to work a phone, jerk off the computer. Great. I really do think the rest of it I can teach. The piece of the puzzle and what really made me think of this when you said the person you're meeting with is somebody different than the person you did meet with. Um, we focus much more heavily on personality profiles than we do on, say, resumes. Yeah. And I know Jen wants to talk about Enneagram here. <laughs> I was not a big fan. I was big on DISC. Uh, one of our other coaches, David, is big on strength finders. Jen loves Enneagram and with good cause because it really is the one that will kind of give you some insight as to how this person's going to deal in a work environment. How are they going to deal with a stress load? How are they going to react in XYZ situations? And I, I think having Jen introduce that to our coaching clients, to the people that attend our roundtables, to uh, our employees has been golden. Jen, what am I missing? Why would I want to, how can I, imp, how can I incorporate, how can I implement Enneagram to make sure that I'm not having that hiccup that Grant is having where the person I think I'm meeting is actually different than the person I just had a meeting with? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's so many parts of Enneagram that make it really beneficial to team building um from that initial interview of like so i'll just use myself as an example i'm a type eight enneagram i'm an eight wing seven um which means that wing seven is the part of me that will take off to you know hike across europe out of nowhere but the eight in me is i come off a little black and white i can come off very direct but i'm extremely protective of the people that i care about um i'm just not the fluffy unicorn and rainbows you're never going to get that from me i'm a straight shooter um so you really only want type one type eight on your team if any we are really hard employees because we're typically entrepreneurs we're very much we're very independent um but where it really comes into play beyond that once you make that hire is recognizing how people act when they're in times of stress versus their times that they're growing and thriving so or an Enneagram eight. When I am thriving, I act more like an Enneagram two. 
those are the warm, fuzzy helpers of the world. That's when I probably take on too much work because I say yes to helping everybody else. When I'm in times of stress, I go to an Enneagram five, which is where I shut everyone out. There's that vulnerability. I just shut it all off and hide. Um, so being able to recognize that in your staff is very important. It kind of goes back to the old school, the carrot or the stick analogy, right? Mm. So knowing what your team needs when they're in those times. Um, and I'll give full credit. Uh, my friend, Jessa, who owns the Fox Run Vet Hospital here in Monument, she's, I've learned a lot. She very meticulously has crafted her staff at the vet hospital based on their Enneagrams. And she has learned who she can work beside and who she can have work under her based on those personality types. Um, but yeah, beyond just the hiring, it's it's really learning your people and being able to recognize what they need, maybe before they even know what they need. Um, it's kind of ironic, David Ryder that we were just talking about just finally took his Enneagram and sent it to me last week. And he's an Enneagram five. So he's kind of opposite of me in a way, because when I am in stress, I become more like a five. And when he's thriving, he becomes more like an eight. So it just, you can deep dive in it and I can totally nerd out on Enneagram forever, yes, but can. I think it's really important to know how, when your staff is screaming at you that they need help when they're not actually able to scream at you. And it just helps you recognize that. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I'm yeah, big on I, the disc, but I'm, I'm not really familiar with the Enneagram more than what I've been have your existing team take it. I made our whole team take it last year, year before. Um, and I was pretty much spot on with all of them. I knew what they were going to be. But uh, it's really, we had one of our coaching clients and dear friends, uh, Scott Edwards, have his whole team take it. Um, and he and I have identical Enneagrams. But uh, it was really eye-opening for him to recognize some of the holes and, and issues he was having in his team that made sense based on the personalities that he had around him. Hmm. That's interesting. And how to shore them up. Yeah. That too. Yeah. The holes that like the people he needed to hire to to or the solutions he needed to provide to fix those problems. Yeah, this falls under our philosophy of fuck up faster. You're going yeah. to have problems. Find them out and solve them quickly. Yeah. So yeah, having your team involved and disc profiles aren't I, I'm not bashing the disc profile by any means. I no. think it's very, very valuable. It has been around forever it's been really well fine-tuned every time i take it and that's another piece of the puzzle boys and girls you should take it on a fairly regular basis people change we do we have new life experiences i promise that grant's enneagram grant's disc profile is different than it was before he had children <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah that For kind sure. of thing changes you um, I'll, I'll get to some other, you know, major life events that, uh, are impending that could make those impacts as well. But, um, yeah, guys do this for yourself to yourself every so often, because it's going to open up your eyes to how you react. And I think that that's really where we're gaining more out of Enneagram than we are at a disc these days, because I really believe life is more about how you react than how you act. It's and that's where those differences lie. In a disc profile, I can pretty much tell how somebody's going to act. With an enneagram, I can tell how they're going to react. When this happens, this will be the result because our businesses have curveballs. They do, and I think it's important to know 
well, important to help, important to take care of people, particularly those on your team, your clients, your family, etc. when those issues arise. And if you know somebody's in your gram and you know what it's going to look like under stress, under thriving, so on and so forth, you're going to be a better colleague. You're going to be a better employer. You're going to be a better boss. I hate that term because I'm like low man on the totem pole in my operation. If my team tells me to do something, I do it um, because it's going to work better that way. Trust me. I will only take credit for hiring people smarter than I am. But yeah, I think that there's a lot to be said for the Enneagram and it is developing and improving over time as well. Every time I take it, it's uh, a more accurate examination of who I am and how I'll be. Yeah. But yeah, I do think that that's a big deal. All right. So what is the rest of the year going to hold for Grant and the good real estate team? You know, it's, it's funny you ask that because I was I was thinking about um, what we would be talking about today and what I want to share. And I went ahead and actually put a, put together a roadmap um, for the rest of the year just for this interview. And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh, this is a great time to reflect as, as well. It's July. It's half, halfway through, you know, 2023. This is great timing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, um, uh, there's a couple of things that I really want to build out. Um, one of them is to take, um, one of my lead agents, uh, the best performing, um, I've actually been co-listing everything in mind with him recently in order to kind of train him and develop him, you know, show him, you know, what's going on in the back end and nuts and bolts and client communication, all that stuff. And really trying to matriculate him into basically a listing partner. And uh, the goal there is to basically have him operate all the listings while I go out and find more. Um, what I found is that, you know, I can usually do maybe two, three at a time, but there's opportunities I've noticed that, you know, I could have had a fourth listing or a fifth listing had I actually just, you know, paid more attention to it. And what I like to do is just give him all the listings to actually manage while I go out and look for more. Um, that's going to be huge, I think, in order to get away from Zillow and, um, you know, that lead generation uh, uh, paid, uh, you know, marketing that we're kind of talking about and, you know, get into a much more organic and um, I think maybe more meaningful type of lead generation that I want to be doing. Uh, so that's, you know, huge. Um, the other thing, too, is that, um, you know, flipping is uh, still, you know, out there. It's still um, a very strong part of our uh, real estate industry. Um, I think, honestly, it's, it's, it's evolved in such a way that um, it's, it's a little bit more legitimate in a lot of ways and also a little bit easier to do. Um, there's also a lot of people that have gotten out of it. And um, so I've actually built out an investor team as well. And to be able to go out and look for um, investor opportunities and, you know, hopefully to be able to support, you know, a lot of what the agents are doing too as well in terms of listings and sales and, and more lead generation after that too as well. Uh, so that is um, next on the roadmap to build as well. I would like to get to a point where we're actually writing at least an offer a week on these investment properties that we find. That's aggressive. Yeah. Wow. That's really aggressive. I took a second for that to sink in 50 a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 52 um, offers a, uh, a year, basically. Um, the, we've got uh, five investors and a contractor. Um, some of these investors are looking for different things, uh, long-term, short-term, a hold, also flip. 
Um, but we've kind of built out a whole list that we're working out of and really just trying to drill into opportunities, whether it be assignment or organic, you know, and um, by door knocking, whatever. And uh, just try and find those opportunities to be able to, you know, capitalize on these, uh, these, uh, these moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's starting to kind of be uh, a, a real thing too, as well. It's not super, it's not super there yet, but, um, you know, we're getting very, very close. Wow. Okay. That's big. We'll uh, have to get an update on that the next time we have you <laughs> on the show, because that will be huge. So to circle back just a minute, completely different set of circumstances. I do think it's important to take life-altering events and look at your personality profile subsequent to them. So on that note, I think one of them is getting married. And the timing seems appropriate since I just got my invitation to Jen's wedding. Oh, wow. Congrats. I'm going to put you. it out there. Congratulations to Jen and RJ. And Thank you. Their impending nuptials this fall. Very big deal. I'm looking nice. forward to that. But now that I've embarrassed Jen just a <laughs> little bit, not that, trust me, it's a challenge yeah. to embarrass Jen. It's true. We, we we even got into detail on one of these episodes about her dildo looking podcast mic. And yeah, we still could not find any way, shape, or form to embarrass Jen. So no. Jen, now that the floor is yours, why don't you take us? <laughs> All right, guys. First off, Grant, thank you. Um, I'm surprised Adam didn't drop the line. Our favorite former librarian. I did. did you talk about did I, you? When we I'm gonna miss it. Okay. So, yeah, former librarian right. turned real estate agent, turned All homemaker, right. turned real estate team lead. Yeah, right. absolutely. I asked All what right. was the next one was. And hopefully we'll see Grant in September at the Mile High Mastermind, the seventh annual, which I don't think it's ever going to not blow my mind that this is the seventh annual Mile High Mastermind, September 29th and 30th. Tickets are on sale and selling. So be sure to grab your ticket if you want to find those, if you want to find out more about Just the Tips Coaching, find the podcast, past episodes of this, all of our weekly little tips, free coaching, all the things, literally all the things, including Adam's book. You can text tips to 63566 and you will find out everything you could possibly want to know about Just the Tips Coaching. Very cool. Thanks. Great. All the things. Thanks, man. Thank really, you for having me. Really yeah. appreciate you uh, uh, coming on again. I know Monday mornings are hard to carve out this kind of time and our Resident record holder podcast guest <laughs> will uh, keep that streak running and get you booked for another episode. Yeah, let's make it eight. Right, let's do it. Oh, I think we can get to eight. Yeah, <laughs> that, that'll probably be in like twenty twenty eight as Jen's schedule goes. But yeah, I think that uh, we can make that happen. All right. Well, thanks again, Grant, and for the rest of you listening live or in syndication. Thank you for doing so. You can catch us pretty much every Monday morning at 10.30 Mountain Time. And Grant, thank you for recognizing at 9.30 Pacific Time when we were pinging messages back and forth. That creates some confusion with our guests, I assure you. Time zones are hard. Yeah. <laughs> My eight-year-old's got a grip on it, but uh, some other people <laughs> don't. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, but we are here most Mondays at 10.30 
Mountain Time. And subsequent, you can catch the podcast on Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Those uh, go up on Wednesdays, Jen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So tune in next week for another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. And we will see you then. Thank you.